<laughs> we never really know how to start this thing, okay. do we? <laughs> yeah, whatever. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Latara. And I'm Laura. And, and this, this is, is Passions Podcast. Podcast. And, uh, yeah. We, yeah. We're watching Passions and telling you about it and telling you how we feel. Telling you the, the real of how we feel. The real. <laughs> The real of how we feel about this show. <laughs> this episode, so we're doing episodes 23 and 24 today. 24 and 25. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing 24 and 25 today. <laughs> you always are so close. I mean, uh, yeah. You're always so close. Whatever. You do, you do your best. All right. Let's dive right in. Yeah. So we start episode 24 at... St. Margaret Mary's Church. That's right. They, they named it for us. That's right. They told us where we are. At the church. St. And Margaret Mary. Faith is down at the altar praying. Grace is sitting in a pew. Or no, no, no. She's in that She's little over in the little cove. alcove. Right. Yeah. And they, so they're, they're missing each other once again. Mm. Faith is praying of this prayer about her daughter and how the Lord has tasked them with Saving the world from evil, basically. Right. And here's my thing. For a person who is constantly on her guard, she sure has no understanding of her surroundings. Because. None whatsoever. Because her sister's there and her daughter has left. (laughs) And she doesn't know. I thought you were supposed to be protecting this girl. She's gone. Right. In this And has been gone. For a while. Yeah. So Faith is praying to God and says that she understands this and accepts this burden that has been placed on her family, but she only asks that God looks after and protects her daughter, Charity. Yes, but, like, girl, why aren't you looking after your daughter, Charity? Yeah. She is gone and has been. Yeah. Girl escaped a full hour ago. The last episode. It's been so long. It's been a whole episode. And you just <laughs> didn't even notice. Anyway, so during this prayer of Faith's, the priest comes in, and right. we see him walk in in the background, and Grace sees the priest, and she walks over to him, and she says, Father Lonigan. And so she, they're like 10 pews back, right? They're towards the back of the church. Yeah, they're towards the back of the church, and Faith is all the way up at the front. But it's not that big of a church. Right. It's a pretty small space. Yeah. So they sit down to talk. She starts talking to Father Lonigan. Do you know what she said to him? Yeah, she basically has a conversation about how she wants to uncover her past and find her, she calls them her other family, her family from her first 20 years of life that she doesn't remember. But she is afraid that this will change her life completely. And of course, Father Lonigan is like, well, yeah, of course it's going to change your life completely, but maybe you'll discover something that's great. And she's like, well, maybe I'll discover something I don't want to know. Right. And then she's telling him about, about how she had waves of happiness earlier and she felt very complete and then compelled to come to the church mm-hmm. and says, perhaps tonight I will find the answers that I'm looking for. So I I don't understand how these two, Faith and Grace, are in such close proximity to each other. In a church. In a church and are not getting that. Seems like the church would that, amplify those feelings. Right. And they're not getting any of those. They're having like feelings of dread. And... I mean, they were at the Lobster Shack talking about, oh, I feel so happy all of a sudden. I mean, I get happy when I see lobster, too. Me, too, actually. Mm. Again, I do follow the hashtag lobster rolls. (laughs) And there's been some good stuff on there lately. There's been some good stuff coming up in my feed lately on Instagram. Speaking of Because it's summer. 
Oh yeah, it is. All, yes, first it's weekend of summer. summer, basically. We um, I forgot to mention to you, I have added hashtag lobster rolls to like the official list of hashtags that I, that I put at the end of every. So now I'm going to be post. seeing that in my feed. I'm going to start seeing passions posts. I'm As sure, lobster rolls. I'm sure that eventually people will start to flag it and be like, this has no, nothing to do with lobster will, rolls. No one will flag that. <laughs> but I've added I don't, it. I mean, there's like 100,000 people who follow that hashtag. Great. So there's 100,000 people so, who are going to be seeing our passions posts. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. They were having feelings of great happiness and joy at the lobster shack and at the festival of the carnival. They're at a church 10 feet from each other and don't feel each other. Nothing. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. And I, it's, this was very frustrating. And I told, I told you, remember I told you they weren't going to meet each other in this church? And I didn't understand how they could possibly not meet each other in the church. And yet they found a way. They found a way. They will find a way. Yeah. So Grace is talking to Father Lon again. And you think for, as a first time viewer, you're like, oh, this priest is going to see Grace Bennett two times, right? right. He's going to be like, wait, what? Exactly. What, that's, what, what? That's exactly what I was expecting, and then he can start putting the puzzle together. Yeah. And then they zoom in on Father Lonigan's fucking face, and yeah. he's blind. Father Lonigan is blind. I knew that because he is a major recurring character in this oh, show. Oh, okay. So when he showed up, when they came the priest, and I was like... I'm pretty sure that priest is blind. But I forget. Uh, there's, there's another priest in Days of Our Lives, and I was like, is he blind? I couldn't remember which one is oh, blind. okay. But I think the priest in Days of one of the priests in Days of Our Lives was blind, too, actually. A blind priest seems to be a common theme in daytime soap operas. I guess. I was not expecting that at all. So I'm pretty sure I paused it and looked at you. was like, he's fucking blind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, he's blind. I, yeah, I, I saw that one coming. I, no pun intended. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> truly. I, yeah, he's blind. I'm sorry. I detest. This is one of the things that I hate about soap operas is the near misses. I don't care for... Too many shenanigans, too much mm. like simple things. You know, I love a ridiculous shenanigan, but like simple shit annoys me. And mm. they have s just simply missed each other multiple times now. Even though it's like they looked directly at each other, because at one point Faith like turned around and great like kind of I don't know. They They've both seen each other's backsides. Yeah, they have definitely seen that. Yeah, standing straight up. Mm -hmm. It's like this woman has my hair color, my haircut is as tall as I am. If so, on Grace's end, it's like okay, she might not know she's looking for a twin, right? Mm. But Faith knows she's looking for a twin, right? Right. And they and they're redheads too. Yeah, you know it's not like there's that's a common shade for hair color. Like if you see a, a redhead with the same haircut as you, isn't that going to pique your interest? They have the same hair color, haircut, are the same height and shape, and look exactly. They're identical twins because they're played by the same woman. Right. So oh. I it just I just <clears throat> don't understand why Faith doesn't see Grace and realize. From the back and realize, right. that's my twin sister. Or at least do a little investigating. I don't know. I also, let's go back to Father Lon again. Motherfucker can't see, but surely he can recognize their voice, right? Yeah. That's the thing is, if one of your senses is is inoperational or dulled for whatever reason, mm -hmm. it's supposed to heighten your other senses. Right. So when she speaks, he should be able to recognize the tone of her voice. Right. 
Also, the music in this church sounds like it belongs in a planetarium. Yeah. Well, you know what? I don't think... (laughs) I think they were doing, like, a mystical soundtrack music. I don't Mm -hmm. think it was church music, right? Yeah. I think they were doing, like, mythical, mystical, the unknown of the universe, the things. I think it was... But, like, if it was that, but done on a theremin, and then then with some, like, synthesizer sounds, it wasn't, like, Gregorian chant in any way. You know what I mean? Like, it did, I don't know. For me, it did not evoke a religious feel. It made me think of outer space. Okay. All right. Poisonally. 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 So, they're in this church. Father Lonigan talks to both of them, doesn't recognize. Well, they do show a little bit where she speaks and it does a close-up on his ear, right? She speaks, it does a close-up on his ear, he kind of perks up, and then he turns and looks, and when they do the close-up on his face and eyes, that's when you were like, is he fucking blind? Yeah. Yeah, but I think he did, something did cue him, like, this is the same voice. Okay. But maybe he hasn't, I don't know. Okay. Maybe he doesn't trust it. Yeah. I don't know. (sighs) Father Lonigan... Father Lonigan is a lot of help and no help at all. Oh, brother. <laughs> uh, Father Lonigan. Father Lonigan is a help lot of help out. and no help at all. Yeah. It, just in general. Well, he'll come back at some point, I guess. Yeah. I think that's basically it with them, but we should get to Charity. Yeah, let's talk she, about Charity because she's gone. Long, yeah. long from the church. Remember, she was being lured out into the pea soup fog. They Everybody keep keeps talking pea soup. They keep talking about how the fog is as thick as pea soup. Is that like a saying? Yeah. Oh, I've never heard that before. Yeah, I've definitely heard it before. It's just funny that they've used it so many times through so many characters. Right. That, as if they would all speak like that. I remember it was really foggy back when I was living in Ohio and JJ posted on Facebook. Like, it was crazy foggy. Like mm-hmm. foggy It used than, to be really foggy all yeah, the time. Because it was like kind there. of farmland area and yeah. I could not believe how foggy it was. But JJ posted, he's like, oh, I see it's Stephen King with a chance of murder outside. <laughs> so every time something gets really foggy, like if it's really, really foggy, that's what I always think of. Stephen King with a chance of murder out. <laughs> Hilarious. It's like the best weather report of all time. That's great. <laughs> Love JJ. So Charity is out and about. Oot in a boot. Oot in a boot. She's oot in a boot. Trying in the fog. to. She's been lured out by Tabitha, who has is pretending to be a lost child. She's right. going, help me, help, help. Let's talk about what Tabitha and Timmy... So Charity's, like, stumbling around in the fog trying to find this lost child. And Tabitha and Timmy are having this weird conversation. Yes. This was very odd. And it went on for a long time. Like, most of their interaction was this strange conversation. So Timmy, as always, I... Love Timmy. He's everything to me. He's like, I really want more Timmy. All he talks about is making more Timmy. They're full of vitamins. I look for my joints. I know. He's like, it's for health reasons. (laughs) And Tabitha is talking about, oh, well, it's it's us versus them and this kind of language. And Timmy goes, what do you mean? What's this us? Timmy's good. Tabitha's bad. Oh, no. He says, Timmy good. Tabitha Tabitha bad. bad. Yeah. And Tabitha's like, well, you know, I gave you life. Without me, you are nothing. Just a so carnival prize. Yeah. You'd be nowhere without me. Like this, I don't know, it was weird. And then Timmy apologizes. And then Tabitha's like, oh, well, we are going to take care of this girl together. 
And then they just kind of talk a little bit more about charity, and that's weird, too. Well, okay, so when they're talking about charity, Timmy Timmy says, why do we need to destroy her? Which I sighed at, because Tabitha has said multiple times, like, we have to kill them, because if they don't die, we're going to be destroyed. It's either us or them, Timmy. She said that, like, 14 times yes. at this point. So why is he confused? So I don't know why he's still... I guess because he does... If he only had a brain. I think because he's just a rag doll. So Timmy says, why do we need to destroy her? And Tabitha responds and says, basically, because she has extraordinary powers that will destroy wickedness, that are meant to destroy wickedness. But she also says... We have to get her now because she won't come into our full power until she becomes a woman. This fucking trope. Yeah, and here's my thing. What what is becoming a woman to them? Is it having sex? I think it's having sex. I I'm sure that's probably what it is because everyone likes to police women's sex lives and their virginity, which is ridiculous. Yeah. We are more than She's not a woman a until she's had sex. We are more than a hymen, okay? Because she's old enough. She's clearly <clears throat> had her first period. Right. And I, f- I feel like in many, in throughout history and in many cultures, like, that's kind of the, the point where they're like, oh, this girl has become a woman. And, right. You know, like, early puberty is often when that, when that yeah, conversation 12, becomes. Yeah, 12, 13-ish. But she's clearly past this. Yeah. She's got to be like, she's like 16. 15, 16. Yeah. yeah. So surely, or does it mean like first kiss? Like, what does it mean? You know what it means I assume, when she has sex and she's going to have sex must. with Miguel and of she's going to come into her power and it's going to be like extraordinary in that moment. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. That is going to be pretty cool. And he's going to get all freaked out. Yeah. I don't know. That makes sense to me. I mean, I but we have a long way to go. He can't even find her. He doesn't even know even know her name. He doesn't know her name, her phone number, where she lives. Yeah, I don't know. I have many thoughts about women's sexuality <laughs> and the way that that the world has decided that they should have an opinion on them. And I feel like I'm allowed to have an opinion as a woman with my own sexuality. Right. You know what I mean? So right. I I kind of dislike this trope in general. Oh yeah. Um. Well, it's but gross. It is gross. It's, it's gross. I. She won't come into her full power until she's had a dick inside of her. I like. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If there's one thing I know, is this that dick makes you weaker. <laughs> oh, we went. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry for the X-rated content. I'm just saying. I'm not sorry at all, actually. I'm not, because I feel like that was a, <laughs> a very good PSA. It was. Because it, it also, again, it doesn't make any sense that she would be more powerful. It doesn't make any sense. What physically changes? Is it, like, what, what, how, how does this affect? I don't, it doesn't, it's it doesn't stupid. make any sense. See, that's the thing is, like, it doesn't actually have any scientific purpose or they don't try to explain anything away. It's just, oh. And also, what if she's, like, finger blasting herself? It has to be a man. It has to be a man. She can't give herself. Well, she's a, a lesbian. She can't give herself an orgasm. Yeah, what if she doesn't even like men? Well, we know she likes Miguel. Maybe she's bi and she ends up with a woman. Yeah. Maybe her first sexual you experience is with know. another girl. We don't know. What makes her a woman? 
I would have preferred it if she said, if Tabitha's like, she can't come into her full power until Grace and Faith come together and they have to, like, train her or something like yeah. that. You know what I mean? I prefer those types of, yeah. those types of, like, growth stories where it's like, you have to train and then you will come into your full power. Love a good training montage. Me too. Also, would have preferred if they were just like, she becomes a woman on her 18th birthday. Boom, yeah. The end. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. some something... As arbitrary. Well, maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe we have jumped the gun. Maybe we have. Look, I don't mind an arbitrary thing as long as it is not like a social commentary Mm -hmm. that is from like the the 1940s. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, I'm gonna get off my soapbox now. Yeah. All right. (laughs) We've we've gone far off off task here. Charity's out. She's not a girl, not yet a woman. We don't need Britney coming after us. <laughs> I'm not a girl. Anyway. She's <laughs> not yet a But she's out in this fog looking for this child. And Tabitha comes out pretending to be a disoriented grandparent looking for her grandchild. Tabitha always plays these old women, like the fortune teller, now an old grandmother, like yeah. a babushka kind of character. She's got like the... Her shawl pulled over her head. She's, you know. Yeah. She doesn't look, she's like, she's she in her 50s? She also looks utterly suspicious, but it is very foggy out. Oh, that's true. So. That's true. So, Charity says, oh, I've heard her, you know, I can help you, let me help you. And Tabitha's saying, oh, thank you, dearie. Oh. Yeah. And so she's now, she and Timmy are luring her down the pier and taking planks away from the pier so that she will fall through the pier into the water? Well, she made that tent disappear, so maybe she can just make the planks under her disappear. She walks out, and okay. then she can, they can drop. But I had another question. So, while Tabitha's in disguise, she gives Charity a hug. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't physical contact be a problem? Like, they were close to each other at the lobster shack, and all of a sudden she started, she turned into a Tabitha tornado. But did she turn into a Tabitha tornado because she meant to turn into a Tabitha tornado? Was she doing that on purpose? Oh, I thought that was in reaction. Now the uh, but the other thing is because she was doing that. I think she did that on purpose. But I but the thing in the tent wasn't her. Right. That was a reaction to Charity's power. Right. So so how can she be so close? They're they're touching each other. Maybe because maybe because Faith, if if Charity is and Faith and Grace are all in the same vicinity. Is oh. like more powerful, the power mm. of three, mm-hmm. you know. And so, since Charity was by herself and she hasn't come into her full power, that she's not as powerful without those other without two witches. The... Okay, I okay. have no clue. I don't know. I'm making this up. No, but it makes sense. Well, we have to establish the rules. There aren't any. You have to have rules for a world to make sense and operate. And so, I think we are just trying to fill in those blanks for ourselves to yeah. come to terms with what is happening. Yeah. <laughs> It's chaotic. It is chaotic. So that's really all that happens with them. Yeah. Um, Grace and Faith never see each other. Mm-mm. Really, they see each other from behind, but they yeah. don't come in contact. We, but they're both still at the church. Right. They're both still there. I so think we still have we have one hope. more thing. Grace is looking at that angel statue. She was praying in that little alcove. She lit a candle and she stops and looks at the statue more carefully, and she notices that it looks. Very similar to that little angel who was speaking to her in like the early, yeah. early episodes. We like haven't one, seen two, her in a while. And we haven't seen her. And she goes, oh, you look exactly alike. And that's it. So are we meant to believe that this statue. angel inhabits this statue? I don't know, Laura. 
I don't know. Maybe. Should we go to the police department? Or should we go to the crane mansion? Ooh, we should go. Let's go to the police department because we can. I think we can get through that pretty quickly. Yeah, let's do it. Not a lot happens there. So we're at Harmony's Sheriff's Department. Harmony's Finest. Harmony's Finest. And Sheridan has been locked up. Good. Locked up in a cell. Good. Cell block tangoing it up. Fine with me. I Yeah, she's where she belongs. Leave her in the slammer. And she talks to her little cellmate for a little bit. Yeah, I thought that lady was going to play a bigger role. Me too. She's so colorful and bright and ha- like just was interesting and full of life and so vibrant. And then they let her out immediately. They're like, oh, that's and it. You're bailed. They, let they posted her- bail. Yeah, when they let her out, Gwen is with the officer to come visit Sheridan. And they let her in the cell with Sheridan. Yeah. And they sit in the cell together. Right. That didn't make any sense. I've never heard of a prison or jail where visitors can go into the cells with the prisoners. I mean, and this is like an old-timey kind of jail setup. They have, like, the bars, Oh, you know? yeah. It is very, like, cops and robbers, yeah. wily e. Coyote. It's hokey. Yeah, it's very, it's goofy. Yeah, so, <laughs> I don't know. So, but, they, they let her in, and she sits with Sheridan, and they talk about Sheridan's love life again. And Sheridan is talking about Luis Lopez Fitzgerald, the officer who arrested her. How dare he? he she says, well, he's going to be sorry. He messed with Sheridan Crane. Mm-hmm. This woman. And you know what Gwen says to her? Which I was like, you know, Gwen's not so bad. I'm saying that now, but Gwen says to her, well, you were speeding, mm-hmm. and then you resisted arrest and crashed into a police car. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of, of course you got arrested, Sheridan. It makes sense. Why wouldn't you get arrested? You don't just have carte blanche to do whatever you want without repercussions. And Sheridan goes, well, he didn't have to have an attitude. Yeah, as if that is a problem. He di- also did not have an attitude, because as we know, Luis is polite AF. He's a professional. He is. He was very kind. She's mm-hmm. the, the only person who had an attitude is Sheridan. Mm-hmm. Is, was, and will be Sheridan. Sheridan Crane. <sighs> so Gwen basically pieces together that Luis is Pilar's son and tells this to Sheridan. And Sheridan's like, oh, of course. Lopez Fitzgerald. Yeah, they, these people suck. They can't put they can't put anything together the because they're minute, not nearly as smart as they think they are. The minute you hear Lopez Fitzgerald, because first of all, you live in Harmony. It's not a big city. Mm. It's not a big town where there's a lot of Lopez Fitzgeralds hanging around. Right. The woman that you say that you love so much and who's so great, her name is Pilar Lopez Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she is related to probably every other Lopez Fitzgerald in this town. You know she has children. Right. How do you not put that together immediately? Because they're too self-absorbed. They're walking around in their own little snow globe world, and they their nose is turned so far up that they can't look on anybody that they think is beneath them. These people are terrible. I mean, literally, anytime I'm in Chattanooga, there's at least three times I have somebody say, You want them Lees? Yes. <laughs> yes, I am. They know. Like, people can see it in your face. Yeah. You know? when I don't know. It's yeah. just... Uh, this is, and they know Pilar. Right. And personally, love her. Personally know her. And love her and Grew think she's the greatest her. person in the world, basically. Right. 
Uh, and she, and then I don't know how she could have a son like that. It's like, her son's great. You suck. So yeah, Sheridan and Gwen are talking about their love lives and Gwen tries to talk some sense into her and they're talking about Luis and Sheridan's like, oh no, Gwen is like, oh, well maybe someone broke his heart. That's why he's so bitter and mean. And Sheridan goes, any girl in her right mind wouldn't love him. Right. <laughs> like, and, what? And what? She, she also, Gwen also says to Sheridan, she says, tell them you've had a hard day and you're heartbroken and explain everything about Roger and not Roger. <laughs> Wait, explain everything. That yesterday you were in a horrific, horrific car crash. You ended up oh, in a yeah. coma. You magically woke up. You got engaged to your fiance. He got murdered. You got on a plane to come home. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't slept. Like, try to explain some of this. <laughs> oh, we're at the end of day three. We're at the end of day three. <laughs> And Sheridan has Sheridan has been through a lot. She has been through. She's had quite a time. She's been through a lot. So Gwen tells her, maybe if you explain to the officers, they'll cut you some slack, and you can explain that you were just really tired and you really wanted to get home, and it's been rough for you. And Sheridan's so pr- prideful and is like, no, I would never show them my weakness, and I would never do that. Okay, shut up, Sheridan. That's all I have to say. Just a big sigh. Just a big, exasperated sigh. Because Sheridan Crane is irredeemable. That's what you are. Irredeemable. Though near or far. Preferably very far far away. Get your ass away from me. Get back on my Concord. Fly back over to Paris. And stay. And stay. We didn't miss you. Nope. Here in the U.S. Nope. Not one iota. All right. So, also at the police station, Miguel has has showed up to the police station Mm -hmm. to hang out with Luis. Yeah, he said he was like, oh, I was in the area. Figured I'd just stop in. I think he's just sad because his date didn't go Mm. the way he wanted to at the lobster shack. And he wants to talk to his big brother. Yeah. Yeah. And he explains everything that happened at the lobster shack and Luis says, oh, I thought you had a big date. And he says, yeah, well, there was like this crazy storm. He was like, I definitely saw her there. Or, yeah, he did. He did say he yeah. saw her. Yeah, because he tried to grab her, but it ended up being K. Mm. I don't know. I don't know if he saw her there or not. But he, you know, is a little sad because he doesn't know her name. <laughs> Louise is like, well, what's her name? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know her name. I don't, I don't know have, her phone number. I don't know where, I don't even know where she lives. Oh, don't worry, Miguel. Miguel. Don't worry, Miguel. I believe you will be the one to make Charity a woman. I, I believe it as well. I believe this in my heart and in my soul, unfortunately. Oh, oh no. Yeah. And Luis is like, you're obviously love-struck, little bro, but, you know, you'll get over it one day. Remember last year you were obsessed with that Mindy girl. Right. So last year Miguel was obsessed with the town gossip Mindy. Yeah. He said, but Miguel says, yeah, but this is different. Mm. Like, haven't you ever seen someone at first sight and fell in love? He was like, do you believe in love at first sight? And Luis is like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Luis is like, absolutely not. And then he looks down at a picture of at Sheridan Crane's mugshot. Yeah. And kind of <laughs> and kind of like smiles at himself, not because she's pretty, but because he has arrested Sheridan Crane. Yeah. He's so proud of himself. I'm proud of you too, Luis. Me too. You go, go, And go, you deserve go. better than Sheridan. Yeah. You can do so much better. They're obviously setting up a love interest oh, storyline between these two. disgusting and I hate it so much. Because I really like Luis. I love I, Luis. I really dislike Sheridan. It's like, what are those two? Sinjin and 
what's her name on 90 oh, Day? Shit, what is her name? I Tiffany don't remember. I don't remember, but Sinjin. Sinjin. And his girlfriend slash wife on 90 Day Fiance. We love Sinjin. We hate her. Yeah. She misrepresents a lot of things. Yeah. she. I don't want to outright call her a liar because I don't think she realizes what yeah. she's saying. She paints a picture in favor of herself at all times. At all times. Yeah. And she, yeah, and another, she's another one like Sheridan who lacks any sense of self-awareness. Yeah. Like she, there's no introspection going on with that girl. Yeah. Anyway. Moving on. <laughs> let's go to the crane mansion. Yeah. Let's go to the crane mansion because this is this the last thing we need to talk about. Is cray. So at the end of the last episode, we saw Ethan and Teresa bump into each other in the pea soup. <laughs> in the pea soup fog. In the Stephen King with a chance of murder fog. Yes. And <laughs> Ethan said, realizes, it's you, the girl that's been stalking me. And it was kind of left unclear at the end of the last episode, but they cleared that shit right up Yo. at the beginning of this one. It's you, the girl that's been stalking me. Yeah. And he catches her. And he grabs her. He grabs her. He accuses her of breaking or of trying to break into his home, that she's deliberately attacking him. She's stalking him. He's afraid that Teresa's going to hurt his family. And she's like, oh, but it's an accident. Um, You know, it's this, it's that. But she doesn't really try to explain and he doesn't really listen. She doesn't really try to explain. And I hate that she doesn't just blurt out the things that she needs to say. Right. Right. Instead, she just goes, you don't understand. No, I would never. You don't understand. No, you don't understand. That's all she's saying. Right. When she could go, I'm Pilar's daughter. I'm here to talk to your mom. This is a big misunderstanding. Yeah. That, I mean, right there. Yeah. That's a name drop. Pilar. Yeah. Pilar Lopez Fitzgerald. Yeah. We, I, I'm here to speak to your mother. There's a huge misunderstanding. Can we sit down and, and have a conversation with yeah. you and your mom? Yeah. So we he, can we can even call my mother. Yeah. And bring her over so she can be a part of this. So he takes her, grabs her by the arm, yanks her, pulls her into the crane mansion. Yeah, he hauls her ass into that house. Sits her ass down in a chair and says, You sit there and don't you move. And then he grabs the phone to call the police and she gets up and she like hits the hang up. Yeah. And then bolts. It was you know, great. Like, actually. Hit, hit no, 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 no. She does not bolt. First, she tries to reason. She's like, oh, yeah. First, she goes, no, please don't call the police. My my family's going to be so disappointed in me, especially my brother. Please. And Ethan, like, seems to soften and goes, family's really important to you, huh? Yeah. And then he kind of rethinks for, like, quite half a second. And then he goes, no, you're clearly deranged. It'd be best for you for me to call the police. That's right. It's what's in your best interest, and I'll be helping your family out. Right. And then she takes off she running. Run, she runs out of the house. Which is what she should have done an episode ago. Like she, Yes. <laughs> yes. She should have run out of the house. She should have never, her ass should have never stepped foot over that threshold. I was, Stay at home, Teresa, where Whitney is. I, where, <laughs> stay at home where Whitney stay is. Stay at your home where Whitney is. Yeah. <laughs> she, oh my gosh, she bolts out of there. And Ethan tries to catch up with her. And as he's going, trying to run to catch her, Ivy and Julian come down the stairs and like have heard this commotion. And... They're like, what's going on? And Ethan goes, the girl that's been stalking me, she's here. I caught her. She's here now. She's running out on the ground. Mm. Ivy's like, how the hell did she get on the ground? <laughs> what do we pay the security? 
security for? So then they call like, security. He, she was on the grounds because you let her on the ground. That's right. Yeah, she because she doesn't know. So then they call security, and Ethan like it's gonna go out and search, and then Ivy insists that. He doesn't go, and then Ivy and Julian fight, and so Ethan sneaks out while they're arguing, and then Ivy calls security and says, Let out the dog! Release the hounds! (laughs) (laughs) She calls to release the hounds! Release the hounds! Let out the dog! And so now the dogs are after Teresa. She tells Ethan not to go out, but he goes out anyway. Yeah, he runs after her. He runs after her, which to me, and Ivy calls the dogs after he goes out. So, I guess maybe the dogs are trained not to attack cranes. I don't know. Because, to me, attack dogs will basically attack anybody who isn't their handler. I I don't know. Maybe they're little wiener dogs. And they just are there to sound sound scary. They didn't sound like wiener dogs. (laughs) What are the least frightening dogs? The... like a Pomeranian. A I don't know. Fluffy. My, my so mom and dad Pomeranians. Those things are But they're, evil. they're not really scary. Not like, I'm not, a, yeah. Yeah, I'm not afraid of a Pomeranian. Yeah. Like, I'm scared of, like, Rottweilers. I feel like a Spaniel is not very scary. Okay. They just have, like, those sweet little cute faces. I don't care for dogs. You don't care. You don't care about this. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So they're outside. Ethan's trying to chase down Teresa. They're back out in this crazy fog. Yeah. And Teresa stops and goes, oh, no, one of my barrettes. And then she goes to climb over the fence and then somehow slips and falls. Ethan, despite this insane fog, bends down, picks up the barrette that she lost. And that's like the end of the episode. Yeah, she's hiding behind like a rock in the, the... Dogs are after her, so we'll see if Teresa gets out of this one. I, I don't know. I we just have, don't know. We have like a Cinderella slipper moment with the yeah. barrette. I also, before we finish, I want to have a, I want to talk about the conversation that Ivy and Julian have that's in exactly the mansion what I want. before they come downstairs. Yes, that's okay, exactly what I would like. So let's to talk. Let's about. do it. What happened? So Ivy's sitting in her room listening to that same song, <laughs> and that's one we really got to get. Yeah, and because she has listened to it a lot. And it has some sort of meaning to her. It does. But I couldn't I couldn't sing it to you if I wanted to. Nope. So she's sitting there listening to her song on CD. Mm-hmm. And, on her. With, and like staring at her little locket. Mm-hmm. And Julian just walks into her room. Walks Does it knock? She says, it'd be nice if you would knock before you enter my bedroom. He's like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> they exchange some insults. She says something like, well, maybe you'll just die. <laughs> like, they, yeah. Like, not. <laughs> and then they talk about Sheridan for a little bit. Mm-hmm. She, Ivy says, Sheridan's been arrested. Julian says, oh, ha, 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 ha. Pa- in Paris, he doesn't even know she's back. Right. Julian. Oh, fucking Julian, man. <laughs> he doesn't even know she's Ugh, back. And, he, and, and Ivy says, no, in harmony. And he's like, what the deuce? and he says well i'll call the i'll call the mayor and get this straightened out and ivy says don't bother ethan already tried that but they're not letting her go and Mm -hmm. he said well i'll have to have words with the the new chief the new chief of police sam bennett then ivy has her little (gasps) sam moment (laughs) and and she says don't bother he's standing behind the officer who arrested her who by the way is luis lopez fitzgerald right and and Julian 
gets really upset. He's like, that man has it out for our family. First, he tried to arrest Ethan and Gwen on the beach because of the fire. Then the same officer came because he... Uh, because the, you... Because you shot a gun at me. Yeah. <laughs> and then they had to, like, pretend that that didn't happen. And now he's after Sheridan. So clearly this man has a vendetta against the Cranes. He's acting out because of that. And we can take care of him by having Pilar fired. Mm-hmm. He says, he says, well, we'll just punish Luis through his mother. Mm-hmm. It's an easy, it's easy. We'll just, she'll just have to find somewhere else to work. And Ivy says, absolutely not. She really puts her foot down and she says does. that, she says that Pilar is more than a servant. She's her friend. And Julian says to her, since when are servants friends? Mm. Which, if I hadn't heard what Ivy had been saying before about poor people, when Julian said that, I would have been like, well, Julian, that's not fair. Right. You know. But no, Ivy's a fucking snob, too. Yeah, she thinks exactly the same way as Julian. And part of me thinks that because... Part of me thinks that Ivy owes something to Pilar. Part of me thinks that Ivy knows more about the disappearance of Pilar's mm. husband than she's letting on. Mm. And she feels guilty about whatever has happened to their... that husband yeah because she's so adamant about it she is that would give her the motivation that would make sense yeah yeah oh that's a, that's great i'm interested to see what happens there yeah because because polar <clears throat> not polar because ivy is a snob she has shown herself to be a snob right yeah wow that's great i'm I, we'll wait we'll wait and see but yes, yeah, so they're having this conversation, and Ivy says, not only am I not going to fire Pilar, I'm actually going to hire her daughter, <laughs> Teresa, as my personal assistant. Oh, yeah. And P.S., you better keep your filthy paws off of her. But let's not forget that Julian is a six, 50, 60-something-year-old man, and Teresa is a child. 17. A child? Yeah. Yeah. A child? She says, you better keep your hands off of her. And Julian acts so offended. Oh, what? Well, really? Why would I? And she goes, cut the shit, Julian. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Don't worry, because I'll be watching. Pilar will be watching. And you better believe that brother of hers will be watching as well. Yes. That officer brother of hers will be watching as well. And Julian is pissed off about this. But fuck Julian. And he's like, oh, well, you know what? If you don't like me and and, and and things have gotten this bad between us, why don't you just divorce me? Just leave me, Ivy. And Ivy's like, well, you know, I can't because of the deal. So we, we know there's a deal in place. We still don't have any information about yeah, it. we don't know what it is. But Julian suspects that Ivy is waiting basically for him to die so that or to just retire so that Ethan takes over the company and then Ivy can kind of... Run things, run things through him. Exactly. He think, he's thinking her of her as like a Cersei yeah. type of situation. Yeah. yeah. They are Lannisters, if ever there was. They are Lannisters. They also have this weird energy between them, like Susanna Marcellina, where they're like, oh, well, you're old. Like, age before beauty. You, oh. you know, like, they, they these kind of not even underhanded, backhanded comments they just like are nasty to each other they're nasty they are mean to each other they also make a point in this episode that i noticed they make a point multiple times to tell us that ivy is overly protective of ethan for Mm. some reason Mm. and julian kind of does the the best kind of um hint where he says you're Overly a protective of Ethan. All right, 
right, so we are back. We're back. We're back from the break. We're back from the break. Back in action. We're back from the break. Ow! <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> okay, so honestly, this is what, episode 25, right? This is episode 25. And I sincerely hope you took better notes than I did because I was basically just stuffing my face the whole episode. <laughs> and I just, like, could not, I was not motivated to take very detailed notes. I took more than I thought I did. Good. Um, I don't know how great they are. I think a then lot of look it... at my list of notes. That's wow. it. It's so bare. <laughs> <Not that. laughs> it's so bare. I mean, I took some notes. Literally, <laughs> literally, my notes about Sheridan talks to Gwen about marrying Ethan. That's it. I mean, that's kind of exact. <laughs> that's that's kind of all. That's all those two women do. I will say before we get into the, like the episode details, congratulations. We're a quarter of the way. Through the, the first, first season. season. There's a hundred episodes in the first season, so we've made it through one-fourth of the first season. Yay! I gotta celebrate these milestones, otherwise I get overwhelmed with how uh. much we have ahead. So, go I just, us. I go honestly, you for listening. I honestly just can't wait to really get into all of it. Yeah. It's getting good, though. It's it's getting good. It's yeah, getting good. This episode was a little boring. Yeah. It was a lot of recap. Mm-hmm. A lot of we already know what's going on. A lot of catching other characters up to speed. Right. It was a very end of the week episode. You know what I mean? Like, this is definitely like a Friday episode where they were like, just prepping you to go into the weekend and look forward to the new story. Yeah. But it starts off when they're in the church. Father Lonigan is talking with Faith. And Faith is like, oh, I'm not really scared for my daughter, but I'm scared for myself because I feel so alone. Which is a very different thing than what she's been saying. She's always, well, I'm scared for charity. I'm scared for my daughter. Oh, well, I thought she did say she was scared for charity. I don't know. But here's the thing. Charity is still gone. She still has not noticed that charity isn't there, which is insane to me. Because they have now kind of walked around this church a little bit, Mm -hmm. she and Father Lonigan. So she has, like, turned and seen the entire church and didn't realize charity was gone. Well, she's not the most perceptive woman because she also doesn't realize that a a person is there who looks exactly like her. Her twin sister is there that she's been looking for for 20 years. Identical twin sister. It just, again, like I told you, this church situation you it gives you hope but it pulls it away very quickly right yeah i knew these two women weren't gonna come face to face even though they obviously should have i don't mind a hijinks like i don't like little i don't mind little goofy things like near misses but they've taken it to the extreme and this is absolutely absurd it doesn't make any sense yeah but faith catches up father lonigan and is like yeah my daughter is special she's been blessed with powers of goodness Evil is after us. And he buys it. Yeah, I mean, he's a priest after all. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, yeah, evil exists in this world. Right. And she told him that her twin sister was blessed with the same powers, Mm. and that's why evil took her away. Right. So then she does realize that Charity isn't there. And she's Mm -hmm. like, where's Charity? I've got to help Charity. I've got to find Charity. So she runs out. Before she runs out, Grace sees Faith talking to Father Lonigan, and she says, oh, that woman, she looks so distraught. Maybe I should go help Father Lonigan. So she kind of makes her way slowly over to them, but then Faith runs out. And we're supposed to believe that it's too great of a distance for her to recognize the facial features of this woman, yet we are supposed to believe that she can tell that 
this woman is distressed, distraught. I, I have seen people who look like me that I'm like, what? For a second. Like, mm-hmm. I've seen people who, a woman who whose profile is like on the train, like, oh, she kind of looks like me. Mm-hmm. You know? And I don't have an identical twin that I'm looking for. Maybe you do. Uh, well, my parents <laughs> never told me anything about it, so she needs to stay where she is. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't need that kind of evil in my life. Mm. But anyway, <laughs> so it's just odd to me that they expect us not to believe that they didn't see each other. No, it's ridiculous. They expect us to believe they didn't see each other. And it, it is completely re- ridiculous because they did see each other. And they expect us not to believe that if you saw yourself standing somewhere from behind, you wouldn't for at least a little bit for a moment think, that looks like me. Yeah, there's no curiosity. You're you're not you're gonna you're not gonna take a second look. Oh, I just don't know. Eh, whatever. So Grace goes over to Father Lonigan, right? Right. And after Faith has run out, and she, and he tells her what? What do they say? Well, he takes her hand, and I don't know what she said to him, but he takes her hand, and he's kind of feeling her hand, and that's, I guess, what made him recognize that her hand is. Exactly the same as the woman whose hands he was just holding faith. And he goes, oh, my goodness. Do you know that woman and her daughter? And Grace is like, well, no, she was too far away. I didn't get a good look. I don't think I know them. And he goes, oh, you must go after them. You must. You you have to. It's in moments like these that I wish we had a YouTube channel so people could see (laughs) the look on my face. I do not understand for one second why when he grabbed her hand... He didn't say, your hand feels just like that other woman's. You sound and sound and maybe smell like her, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's why you need to go find her. Mm. Grace actually later comes back after going to look for that woman mm-hmm. and says, Father, why did you want me to go find her? And he's like, I don't know. Something about her just made me think maybe y'all should meet. Yeah, he's not specific in any way, which is infuriating. Like I told you, Father Lonigan is both... Helpful and no help at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Father Lonigan. Yeah. So that's basically it. There's one little thing, but we shouldn't do it until we talk about what okay. happens with the pier and the mm-hmm. police department and stuff. So mm-hmm. should we go to the police department? Sure. Let's go to the police department. Okay. So Miguel is there talking with Luis and he's like, you know, I really hope that the cranes don't fire our mom because they find out that you have arrested Sheridan. And Luis... It's like, I don't give a shit if they fire mom. In fact, I hope that they do. I hope they do. She shouldn't be slaving away at their home for a pittance. I've been trying to get her to quit that job for forever. Yeah. So if they fire her, bully for me. Yeah. (laughs) I don't care. He's like, bring it, bring on the retribution. Well, and then he also says, uh, Miguel also says to Luis, well, they could have you fired. You could lose your job. Aren't you worried about that? And he's like, no, I'm not too worried about it. Yeah. Like... Whatever. Whatever. Fuck them. Yeah, Luis is over it. Luis does not give a shit. He's, he's like, officially. Officially. He's over it officially. officially. He's had it. I've had it. <laughs> and then they keep then they keep talking about Charity. They don't know her name is Charity, but that's who they're talking about. And Miguel says something like, everything happens for a reason, so if fate keeps us apart, I actually took together? notes about this oh, because good. it was so stupid. Oh, I good. had to stop and write it down. Miguel talks about how... Fate has been keeping them apart. He said that the tornado, the wind in the lobster shack was fate and it kept them apart. And then he says, since fate has kept us apart, maybe it'll bring us together. 
Huh? Yeah. How, but fate, if fate wants you apart, It'll, why would it bring you together? When it's the right time? I guess. They look... They, they misunder they misuse the word fate. They misuse they they don't fully explain things. They expect us to make a lot of leaps. They which o- we make. Which we make. But they also they over explain certain elements and then completely gloss over others. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like yeah. give us what we need and let us fill in blanks responsibly. Like yeah. they're they are really doing as little work as possible in order for us to do as much work as possible. Yeah, they gave us they gave us so much information about the Harmony Hunk contest. <laughs> I know. It took like 18 episodes to get through that fucking contest. We and got here we so are. much information about that stupid contest and all the stupid schemes that Kay was coming up with. <laughs> and we know nothing about the fate and the evil and the like what are all the the important things. Yeah. Oh god. Oh, hilarious. So these two brothers are talking. I guess Luisa Shift is ending, or maybe he offers to drive Miguel home. Yeah, he's still patrolling, but he says, I'll take I'll take you home. That's what it is. So they yeah. end up getting in the car. His car has been trashed, so they're in a new vehicle, because remember, Sheridan rammed his police his. car. So they're in a different car, and they're driving home, and Luis kind of reiterates what he was saying in the police department. He says that um, he wants to believe that things will always turn out for the best, but... He also knows that reality doesn't reflect that. So mm-hmm. he's kind of got this idealistic soul that's at odds with, with real life. Yeah. And then he gets a, a call that comes in. There's trouble at the Crane Mansion. Mm-hmm. So Miguel's like, I'm close enough to home. Just drop me off here. I'll finish the walk home. It's not a problem. Then you can go answer the call. Yeah, he goes, the walk will do me good. And maybe I'll find this girl. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll run into charity on my walk home. Yeah. So he drops him off in the middle of the night on a side road. Yeah. <laughs> drops his teenage brother off yeah. in the middle of the night in pea soup fog. Harmony must be a very on the safe ro- place. On the road where he could get hit by a car. I'm from a small town, and my parents would not let me walk like the 10 minutes from the park to my house, Mm-mm. you know, when it was dark outside. Like, there's no, no way. And I'm, I'm, like, from a walking district. Like, there were no school buses in my little hometown. Like, I mean, we walked everywhere. Right. But if it was dark outside, no, no way. Yeah. No way. Well, no. Anyway, so this police officer drops off his brother in a da- very dangerous situation. Yes, but whatever. <laughs> um, Luis heads over to the Crane Mansion. Yeah. What happens at the crane? <laughs> I'm like trying to figure out how we should go through this because it's a little. Let's do the Louise. Let's again. go over. So Louise heads over to the crane mansion. At the crane mansion, at this point, Ethan is still looking for Teresa and telling her, "Come on out. Uh, you know, you're you're trapped. There's mm-hmm. no way for you to get out of here. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get out of this." She's crouched in the bushes, crouched down like behind a rock, talking frantically to herself. <laughs> Frantically to herself, and I made the I made the joke during the episode that she was like Schmeagle and Gollum. Like Schmeagel? I like saying Schmeagle. Schmeagle and Gollum. Schmeagle. Schmeagle. I like saying Schmeagle. Bagel and Schmeagle. Exactly. Schmeagle and Gollum, just like talking to each other, talking to themselves. Yeah. Just like she was so frantic. Yeah. Teresa, what are you doing here? Oh my God, you're never gonna get out of this. I can't believe he turned out to be so awful. Oh my God. Like she, she was, just... she was so frantic. I actually couldn't understand her words. Nope. I have very little written down because I couldn't identify what it was that she was saying. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's it. The so... end. I, oh, that's not true. So I did. I did write down 
one little thing that I picked up, which was that she was really worried that her own brother was going to arrest her and that he's going to be so mad when he finds out what has happened. Yes, she did <laughs> say that. Well, Luis does show up in his Jeep to help the search for the crazed stalker, right? <laughs> and Ethan turns down the help. I know. Luis is like, you know, stalkers can be very dangerous. If you won't help, let me help you look for her, could you at least describe her to me so that I can keep my eyes peeled? And Ethan is like, no, fuck you. Get out. I refuse to have anything to do with yeah, you. Yeah, get off of my property. And, and Lu- Luis is like, fine by me, brother. <laughs> yeah, he's like, this is great. Yeah. I tried. I, I did what I was supposed to do. I'm going to fuck off now. Um, So he gets back in his little Jeep and he's like, I wonder what kind of person would stalk the cranes. (laughs) And he goes on this... (laughs) He he really works through the process. (laughs) Out loud alone. We just like can see and hear every gear grinding (laughs) in his brain. (laughs) He's like, "Uh uh-oh. He goes back and relives some memories that he had with Therese and he's like, shit. It's, I bet it's Teresa. I bet it's my kid's sister, Teresa. So he rushes home. He rushes home. But what he doesn't know is that Teresa is in the boot of the car. I'm so proud of Teresa about <laughs> Teresa this. Teresa got out. I think she was in, like, the back seat. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Because oh, okay. I think she could hear everything. Because she was like... Mm. Yeah, she was cowering. Yeah. She's also, like, oh, no. yeah, well, it's a Jeep. So maybe she was oh, in the... Yeah. yeah, like a little hatchback yeah. section thing. So Teresa has called a ride home. Because I... Like I said, I don't know how Teresa's going to get out of this one. I feel like I say that so much. Like, how is she supposed to get out of this? And she caught a ride like a hobo in the back of a truck. And she got out, got out of there. In fact, she got a ride directly home. That's exactly what I was going to say. In fact, not only did she get out, she got a hit. She hit the ride home. She got home. So then Louise gets home. He says, okay, I'm going to go. I'm gonna go talk to Teresa. She better be home. She, you know, if she's not here, I'm gonna go back to the Crane Mansion. Blah blah blah. Yeah, if she's here, it obviously isn't her. If she, if she's not here, then I gotta go back. Well, he knocks on the door and she doesn't come to the door. He's like, Teresa, I know you were at the Crane Mansion. Mm. Were you at the Crane Mansion? Come out here. Are you stalking Ethan Crane? He's got a stalker. Blah blah blah. And he's like, well, she's not here, so I'm going to go back. And then she opens the door. And she has her towel on her head and yep. her robe on like she just got out of the shower. All right, girl. And she's like, Louise, what's going on? Ethan, I never, <laughs> of course. He said, well, where, where were you tonight? I, I, I went out job hunting, and then I came back here. I'm, I've been here the whole Teresa. night. Teresa. Teresa's great. She's awful <laughs> she's and great. I like I, honestly, I'm so proud of her. She's the kind of messy that's interesting, though. Yeah, because she's good-hearted. Yeah, and she kind of gets herself in these crazy situations, but somehow she gets out of them as well. I don't know. And she surrounds herself with good people, like Teresa. Teresa's Teresa all right. Is all right. Teresa's all right, she's man. Bonkers, I was but like, I'm with she her. got in the car. <laughs> she got. I know. At first, I was like, where is she? She's, in the, truck she's in the damn truck. Yeah. Yeah, and she was. Good for her. So she gets out of it. She gets out of what it. What a what a day for Teresa. I love Teresa. Her Lopez morning Fitzgerald. started. Her morning started with her burning down the burger hut. That was this morning, wasn't it? For her. Mm, no, no. We're into the third day. In the second day, she burns down the burger burger hut. Right. Then has her Fish. first day at the fish place right then we have the morning of the right. third day we're at the end of the third right day. right 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 okay yeah oh so ethan is still at the mansion 
and he's looking for Teresa. Of course, she's gone. He goes, God, I think she got away. But if she does get away, she's going to start stalking me again. What am I going to do? So mm-hmm. he's still worried about her. But he turned down help from the police. So right. whatever. And then Gwen shows up. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? The girl was here. Oh, my God. Right. We should leave. You know what? The thing that you need to do is let's let's take a little vacation. We can go to my parents' place down in St. Bart's. Yeah, she's trying to remove Ethan from, like, the whole Harmony situation at this point. Part of that is because she had had that conversation with Sheridan in the jail. Did we talk about what they talked about? We didn't. So let's finish this and then go to that. Basically, she's like, let's go to my family's place in St. Bart's. Ethan says he can't. And she's like, okay, let me, let's go upstairs. Because she's going to try to seduce him. And that's kind of the end of that. And the reason she is stuck on this idea of, like, seduction is because of a conversation that she had with stupid Sheridan at the jail. Sheridan's the worst. I still dislike her. And <sighs> I thought for like, for a minute, I thought there was a glimmer of hope for her. Mm. But there isn't. No. Not yet. Not- I, maybe, maybe someday. Maybe someday. I don't know. 25 Today episodes is not that in. day. Today is not that day. <laughs> I can't stand Sheridan. So Gwen goes to see Sheridan at the jail is in the cell with her for whatever reason right in the last episode remember they're in there talking yeah and sheridan says to gwen i'm glad it's gonna be you getting married first blah 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 and then gwen breaks the news to sheridan that she did not accept ethan's proposal because this whole time sheridan has been working under the assumption that ethan proposed to gwen which he did but that of course gwen accepted which she did not the other thing is that Sheridan kind of let it slip that she knew about it, even though Gwen hadn't said anything. Right. And that and that's how Gwen figures out that Sheridan is the one who kind of pushed Ethan into proposing. Well, Gwen already knew. Gwen oh. already knew. Oh. Because he had talked to her and then proposed to her. He oh, had talked you're to Sheridan right. and then came and talked to her. Gwen had pieced Gwen had pieced it together, but Sheridan didn't know that Gwen, Gwen knew. knew. Exactly. That's right, that's right. Okay. Yeah. I, I just wrote down that Sheridan is pushy and Gwen is pathetic. That's what I wrote down about this entire conversation. Yeah. Because Gwen was like, am I wishing for the impossible? I want a man who misses me every hour of the day. I want a man who, if I'm out of the room, he can't stop thinking of, of me. I want, like, she, and yeah, she, you Bitch, are, you want a stalker. You want, you want a Teresa Lopez Fitzgerald. You, you want a stalker. This conversation was annoying. Also, Sheridan is like, and basically invited herself to be a bridesmaid whenever... Ethan does propose and Gwen accepts. Yeah. She's like, oh, I can't wait to be a bridesmaid at my best friend's wedding. Yeah. Like, what an assumption. She also has forced a best friend relationship on to Gwen. Right. It feels like. I think Sheridan's only friend was Princess Diana. And Ethan, who I think she secretly (gasps) is in love with. She's obsessed with Ethan. She won't stop talking about Ethan. She's obsessed. She keeps talking about how she wants to find a man like Ethan. And how Gwen is so lucky to have a man like Ethan. And it just has become less innocent. It has crossed a line. Oh my gosh, my nephew is so handsome and so nice You're and so, so lucky. wonderful. I don't know. Telling a woman, you're so lucky to be with my nephew. Okay, that's a decent line, right? Mm. It's okay, but it's fine. Mm. You're so lucky to be with my nephew. I wish I had a man like him. 
Yeah. I have a nephew. That's disgusting. It's very much the same feeling of Trump being like, if, oh. if, if Ivanka wasn't my daughter, Ooh. I would probably date her. Oh, it's God. the same exact thing. It's just the reverse of a, of a woman saying something creepy about, about that. Nephew. Something creepy about her nephew. It's But it's the same thing. It is the same thing. It's the exact same thing, and it's disgusting either way. Yeah. Sheridan sucks. Sheridan sucks. They continue this stupid conversation. I don't care to talk any more about it. Yeah, but... Is there anything interesting or important that they say? Yes, the important thing is that Sheridan convinces Gwen that she needs to seduce Ethan and be sweet and seductive and that that is how she will get him to propose again. Oh, right. Which is why when Gwen runs into him on the property... She's suggesting that they take a vacation together. They go on a romantic getaway. Yeah. And, right. So she's trying to elicit another proposal from this man. Yeah. Because Gwen's also still worried about that stupid fortune from the yeah. from the fortune cookie. Yeah. Someone nearby threatens your love or right. something like that. <laughs> so stupid. Whatever. Oh, I don't <laughs> care about this. Okay, let's... You ready to finish this with yeah. charity? Yep, let's do it. So... In the last episode, we saw that Tabitha and Timmy were, like, removing planks from the pier and luring Charity down the pier so that she would fall through the hole on into the water. And we didn't see the water because I was like, well, if she falls into the water, that's not so bad. She could probably, like, swim or survive. No, this pier's way, 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 way up. It doesn't make any sense. And then yeah. there's, like, jagged rocks underneath. Yeah, it's treacherous. Yeah. They show us through the hole. Yeah. I also don't understand why are they, why Timmy and Tabitha are physically going in and removing the planks by hand when they can use magic. Like, why are they doing manual labor when she can just like snap her fingers and boom, it's done? Yeah. Maybe it uses too much energy, but this would be the time to use energy. Well, she's tired. You made that point before that they haven't slept. You're right. I, I forgot about that. She is tired. Maybe she's just making dumb choices because of yeah. exhaustion. And maybe she, maybe she, her power has limits. And like, mm. if she hasn't slept, or she has, mm. or she maybe she used a lot of it she, when she was conjuring shit. Mm. She used a lot of it pulling, trying to pull Charity through that bowl. Maybe she used a lot of her power maybe. and hasn't been able to refresh. I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna say that's what's going on. Yeah, she has to conserve her her energy. Yeah. That makes sense. I don't know. So. They're luring Charity down the pier. Timmy's not into it. He's like, this seems really wrong, Tabitha. Why are we doing this? Yeah. Charity falls into the hole. She does. She, <laughs> little girl, where are you? Can I help you? Blah, 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 blah. And then Tabitha starts meowing. Suddenly it's a cat. And then she starts barking. And now it's a dog. Like, what the yeah. fuck is happening? Like, what's happening? And then she does the child again, which made me think she was trying to make Charity think, Oh, she's a f- the child is afraid of the dog and the cat. Oh, well, that's a leap. I did not put that together at know. all. I was like, what is happening? I don't know. <laughs> Charity falls through the hole. But she manages you- to hang on. She's got her her hands wrapped around one of the boards. She hasn't. She falls through the hole and she's dangling and it's Which, very precarious. Can you Im- listen? I would never. If my entire body weight <laughs> fell through a hole. And I tried to catch on as I was falling, catch Oof. on to the... I'd just slide off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. I mean, it's an impossible scenario that is often introduced in, like, cartoons. It's ridiculous. There's <laughs> well, no way. And, like, action movies and stuff. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. But... It's no... Unless you, like, are a, an American ninja warrior <laughs> and you train doing that kind of, like, 
finger strength. Right. <laughs> Yeah, you have to like be able to free climb, yeah, you know, like to be able that, to that tensile strength to be able to catch your entire body weight with your fingers as you fall, yeah. for, as you free fall through the air, right? <laughs> <laughs> and below you, it, it's it's like the equivalent of having like sharks circling, just yeah. like these crazy, like magnificently large rocks, yeah. swirling ocean water. Well, and Tabitha says she's gonna be shark food. She's shark bait. Yeah. Oh, and then she tells Timmy, if you don't get on board with what we're doing, you're going to be the dessert. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so Charity's screaming, help, help, somebody help me, mom, help, screaming, of course, of course. And Timmy's like, she's breaking Timmy's heart and he wants to yeah. go and help her. And Tabitha's like, don't you dare. What are you even going to do? Yeah. Oh, Timmy. And he had a cute little costume change. He kind of looks like a pilgrim. Yeah. His little, like, black outfit. Yeah. <laughs> so she's screaming for help. And who shows up? Miguel. Miguel. I guess fate did bring them together. Yeah. Miguel, remember, got dropped off because he was going to walk home. And Do they the live by the docks? I guess. I don't know. I, it's New England town, so I guess we're just supposed to believe that everything's near the water. No. So he walks down to the pier and hears somebody screaming. So mm-hmm. he runs over and grabs Charity's hand and pulls her up. Rescues Charity. Yep. And then when she comes out of the <laughs> hole, she goes, it's you. And Miguel goes, it's you. <laughs> they say the exact same thing at the same time. Oh, they're idiots. I wrote, what a reunion this is. <laughs> that was my note. That's what I wrote. Oh, it, it, the sparks... They want us to think sparks are flying. Sparks are fizzling. It's it's absolutely nothing. It's horrendous. It's like when you put your food in the microwave to warm it up, <laughs> and then when you get it out, the bowl is hot, but the food's still cold. <laughs> but there's also splatter all over the inside of the microwave because you didn't put a paper towel over it. And like, but but like most of the bites are pretty cold and there's like one really hot bite and then yeah yeah that's basically what's happening that was this interaction (laughs) (laughs) that one hot bite it should be hot but it's not it's not hot but faith at this point has realized that her daughter is nowhere to be seen does not know that she narrowly escaped death and that miguel has rescued her and is calling after her she's going charity charity and Charity rolls her eyes. Yeah. She rolls her eyes. Says, oh, my mom. <laughs> my and mom's calling me. Mom's calling me. And Miguel goes, oh, so your name is Charity. <laughs> so he finally has learned this girl's name. Oh. And like I told you, I bet you Charity's going to hide the fact that she almost died. Oh, Again. for sure. She's not going to tell She's not going to tell Faith. Nah, she's not going to tell Faith. She's not going to tell Faith. Charity sucks, too. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know. Charity is has gone beyond naive. Yeah. You know what I mean? At first, I was willing to give her the benefit of the doubt because she lived such an isolated life. Mm-hmm. But at this point, she's keeping really major incidents a secret and is not cluing her mother in. Yeah. And her mom keeps telling her that evil is after you, Charity. I have to protect you, Charity. And twice within the span of what? Three hours. Three hours. She has almost been murdered. Yeah, these are near death. She's almost been killed. In the first one, she was being pulled through a sink. Right. Right. I don't know what's more evil than that. How how else can I convey to you that there's evil paranormal activity happening beyond someone reached through the sink and pulled you in? Mm. 
And then you're walking along a pier, and so and there just happens to be an enormous hole in the middle of it. After you've been lured down by like a child's voice, right. you've seen this weird lady, but but she seems to be nowhere around anymore. Right. That's the thing where I'm. What I'm. That's what I mean when I say that she's gone beyond being naive. Mm-hmm. You know, like that wouldn't fool a four-year-old. Mm-mm. This act, no. ah, whatever. So. Faith is calling after Charity. Miguel learns his love interest's name. And Grace, back at the church, hears what's happening. She hears a woman with a voice that sounds exactly like her own calling after somebody. And she presumably is going to rush off and go look. But she says about this voice, that voice, it sounds so familiar. It's your voice. (laughs) Okay, so... Again, maybe I'm trying to give the benefit of the doubt, but most people don't hear recordings of their own voice. You know what I mean? Most people don't know what they sound like because the voice in your head is very different than the voice that you produce, right? Nah, here's why. You are correct. The voice in your head is different than the voice that you produce. However, you think for one second Sam Bennett hasn't taken home videos of Grace and those girls? This is a good point. You know Sam you Bennett know has they have lots home of home videos. videos. Of course they do. And they probably have a cute little answering machine. Like, this is the Bennett family. This woman oh, has oh, heard oh, her oh. voice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah. knows what her what her voice sounds mm-hmm. like. I, I, no. That's fair. All right. Although, I guess it would be weird to hear, is that me? Uh, you know? But, yeah. that, but that's the reaction I would have. I wouldn't be like, that voice sounds really familiar. I'm like, mm, is that my voice? Yeah. <laughs> What is going on here? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just think it's so... I, I'm having a hard time giving any of the grace, faith, near miss stuff the benefit of the doubt anymore because it has gone too far. It's gone so far. It's gone too far. It's, it's, it's in the point now where it has become ridiculous. And it's not interesting or exciting anymore. Yeah. It's annoying. Yeah. Hopefully they'll meet soon because I'm tired of it. Yeah. I'm ready. So we've got, uh, that's the end of the episode, right? That's the end of the episode. We've got a special prediction. We do. Someone wrote in to us. Tell us. Okay. So my sister, her name is Valerie. Hey, Val. Hey, Valerie. And sometimes she goes by Val. And uh, early on in the process of making this podcast, we made a joke. I was like, oh, my sister's not going to listen to this. (laughs) She has listened to every episode. And loves it and is, like, very keen on our little show, which Sweet. is exciting. And she wrote in to our email at passionspodcast at gmail.com yep. and wrote a little prediction. So I'm going to share it with okay. you. Ethan is not a crane. Keep in mind, I haven't seen a single episode, but based on what you guys have said in your delightful recaps, I suspect that Ethan, dun-dun-dun, is not a crane. What did Julian get from this marriage? Money. What did Ivy or Iris or whatever plant she is named for get from this marriage? protection she was having a child out of wedlock and her great love the guy whose picture she has in her locket and whose name i cannot remember sam was considered unsuitable for marriage so her wealthy emotionally unreliable parents basically sold her into marriage to protect the family name ethan is locket man's son and ivy married julian to cover it up she then says love you and congrats on an awesome podcast to you both val Oh, thanks, Val. Thanks, Val, for writing in. I love this prediction. We shall see. I love this prediction. I think it's great. Yeah. Latara's not saying anything because she knows because she's seen the show, so she's not going to say anything, but I love this this prediction. I think it's good. Uh It makes sense. Mm -hmm. But Sam wouldn't leave if he knew 
that she was pregnant. That's the thing. I have nothing to say about it. But Ivy also is very protective over Ethan. Maybe he is like the living reminder of her love affair with Sam. Ooh, this is so good. Ooh, Valerie, you might have cracked the code. Anyway, if you have your own prediction, please write an email, passionspodcast at gmail.com. We would love to read it when we record and address your suspicions of what might come in the future. The problem with predictions, though, is that if pe- people who have watched it will send you spoilers. Oh, yeah, don't spoil it. If you've watched it, don't spoil. This is for, like, first-time listeners, first-time watchers. Yeah. Oh, I didn't think about All that. All right. If you spoil it, I'm going to be so <clears throat> mad at you, and I'll call you out on, on, on our podcast. No, I won't. <laughs> All right. So we are done here for today. We will be back with another episode very soon. Don't you worry. We're going to be doing this for a while, I think. So, yeah. write to us. Send us your ideas, thoughts, Questions. poems, haikus. Uh, Martimi recipes. Absolutely. And you can reach us at Passions Podcast on Instagram or on Facebook mm-hmm. and at Passions Podcast at gmail.com. Yes, please, please follow us. Please subscribe to us. Please rate us. It especially helps us if you listen on Apple if you're on Apple Podcasts, then give us a five-star rating, please. Cool, cool, cool. Tight, tight, tight. Here we go. You ready? Nope. You are my 